0: We have inner struggles and we need to be real with each other that none of us have it together and we all need Christ and we need a family that loves us and supports us at home and in the church and even more intimately with our sisters in Christ. So I encourage you to do that. So start with prayer and then we'll get started. All right. Heavenly Father, I pray your spirit is softening hearts to hear words of encouragement and conviction. We all have areas of our lives in which we can improve and be more sanctified. And I pray specifically that you will guide us through this hour in hearing your scripture teach us about joy, and especially joy in our homes. You have given us as women specific, purposeful roles in our homes. And I ask that the helper come now to teach us through your words, to your people, that we may be a blessing to our husbands, our children, our grandchildren, friends, neighbors, church, strangers, in your name, amen. All right, so I did want to start with that, but as you know, our time is kind of short. And so I did want to give kind of a caveat at the beginning um, because I want to be precise in my words and try to convey this idea of a joy-filled home. And so if I don't say something specific, doesn't mean I don't think that should be or I, I can't possibly cover everything is what I'm trying to say. Okay, so if you have questions afterwards, if I didn't, if i wasn't clear about something or um you have lingering questions then please come come so that i can clear it up okay um so um and also i just want want you to hear what i'm saying as our lives should and can be in a broken world because it's not going to be perfect and um But I don't want to address all of the exceptions, if that makes sense. So I know we have lots of brokenness within our church family, within our world, but I want to try to come at this at the angle of how a home should be and because we can always make excuses for why we aren't. Um, So I want to look at how God has ordained things to be knowing that the world is broken And we each have particular personalities and strengths and weaknesses. And to remember that Scripture is not tailored to our specific personalities and our specific strengths and our specific weaknesses. It says what it says, and we don't want to make exceptions to what the Bible clearly defines is what we ought to do. All right, here we go. All right. So... Is your home joyful? All right, so first, I always like to define words because even a simple word as joy sometimes can have so many connotations to it, we kind got of get lost in what the, the word actually means. So Webster says it's gladness of heart or a feeling of great pleasure or happiness. It's a source of pleasure. And joyful is causing or showing that joy. Okay, but we know... In Psalm 1611, that thou wilt make known to me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. In the right hand there are pleasures forever. So we know that our joy is a deep-rooted joy that comes only from Christ. And Christ is where we find our source of joy. He is the foundation for every building block to a joyful home. In Him, we find a deep state of gladness and cheer, contentment. And in Him, we surrender ourselves as a helpmeet to our spouse. In Him, we find strength through weary days to raise our children. In Him, we give and model joy to our families and friends through hospitality. And in him we are able to mentor others and let our light shine in the darkness to bring joy to a weary land, to a weary people, to a weary world. Um, I was just discussing in our last class that even just a kind smile to someone is, is something huge anymore because we all have so many struggles. And, and sometimes I feel like we're isolated in knowing just some of the darkness that really is truly there. In order for us to find our joy in Christ, we must belong to him. Mm -hmm. We must love him. We must obey him as Lord and hold fast to him. He is our life. And we have been saved from the power of Penalty and the presence of sin. And this gives us cause to celebrate and to make us mindful of the wellspring of joy available to us when we are obedient to him. So how do we tap into this wellspring of joy? First, we have to pray. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we struggle in this. Um, We can have an attitude of Prayer throughout our day, just constantly talking to the Lord. But then, do we have our own just oh, prayer that just crying out to Him for what we need, what we desire, that He is holy and we want to be holy and just to live a life pleasing to Him? And if we ask Him these things, He is faithful to give us these things, and yet. We fight it. I don't know why, but we fight it. Am I the only one? No. Okay, all right. Just want to make sure. <laughs> That's why I do this. So. All right. We we fight against it, knowing where our source and strength comes from. But we must seek Him to find Him, and setting your joy or setting your day up to be a, a good success means making some preparation and being purposeful. And that's something I struggle with every day is setting up my day because I'm just a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of girl. And some of that is great. Sometimes it's not. And those are things I have to balance in my own life. And we all have something like that. So we want to pray with purpose. And secondly, we want to read his word because we want to know who he is. And we want to know that he's our our help. His word is our joy and encouragement. And it is our help in times of trouble and grief and frustration and guilt, which we as women, I think, suffer from just in general with a feeling of guilt, of inadequacy, that we're not enough, that we're not doing enough. Um, But Christ is enough, so we must pursue the joy giver if we want to have a joy filled home. Okay, and we should be an example to our daughters to pursue Christ. We have a culture in our homes that, in our home, that cultivates seeking truth and asking questions when we're unsure. So, um, oftentimes this. A lot of times, this comes up just in general TV watching. um, Specifically, of we like to watch a lot of nature shows and things like that. And so, um, my my kids, um, if they hear something, they that's a lie, that's a lie. (laughs) And just train, but training them to have a discerning ear in all the things. That's just an example, but in all the things, knowing what is false. And discernment is being able to distinguish what is right and what is almost right, because that is how Satan ensnares us. Did God really say that? So we don't always sit down for a for- formal lesson. We um, we try to go through books together. We try to do catechism together. But we but often I mean our lives are busy. And so sometimes it gets dropped. Often, a lot of times, my husband's schedule is crazy. Our schedule is crazy. We have all these things on the calendar, but it, but it is constantly coming back to: this is what we need to do. This is where we find our joy. I have to eliminate this. I have to get. I have to stop something, because we can't do all of the things. So when we do that, we need to weigh these ideas and questions against Scripture, and we need to examine our flesh. And if we're living by the Spirit and displaying beautiful, not rotten fruit, this is how we try to deal with um, sinful behaviors in the house. I always want to ask, I I use Jonas a lot as an example, because right now he's just the one who is so trying. Um, Are you exhibiting kindness to your sister? Are you showing love by smacking them? Are you showing love by throwing stuffed animals at their face? You know, just what are these fruit that you need to be bearing? Or is your fruit rotten? They need to be able to examine that in themselves to know, "Hmm, I am being rotten. Because until they know they're rotten, spirit cannot grab a hold of their heart. And they won't understand the joy that comes. so teach your kids to be fruit examiners of their own self their own self examination because all all sin is is your heart all the commandments are about your heart because we want what we want we don't have any trouble thinking about ourselves okay all right and then just remembering that none of these things happen by accident. We have to be purposeful in training our children to be able to examine themselves. They need to know what scripture says. They need to read it for themselves if they can. And if they can't, they need someone to read it for them. So it has to be intentional. And we have to create this culture within our own homes where children are um, feel safe to come and ask you questions like you should have known that they didn't know and they should be it should be okay for them to come and ask and them not feel oh you shouldn't you should have known that so we need to just be sure that we are abounding in grace for ourselves for our spouse for our kids um in that and then you know because we're going to fail going to fail every day multiple times So I firmly believe in resets. And when I feel like I am losing it and I I have especially on a day where, you know, I'm trying to prepare for something and I'm trying to be joyful and it's he hit me with a ball and what's for dinner and I I don't have any clean jeans, you know, all of these things. Just
1: go have someone else.
0: You know, I start to lose my temper, but then I can, sit, I can stop, and I can grab whatever child or multiple children that that was that I lashed out at, and I said, can we start again? Can we just do a reset? I acted out sinfully, and they need to know that we are human and sinful and that we need Christ just as much as they need Christ. And so we have lots of conversations in my bathroom. So go wait for me. And then that gives me time to also settle my mind and be able to not just lash out because I'm I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and I just want you to do what I asked you to do. Um, So I send them to my bathroom to wait for me. Again, Jonas has not gotten that he's supposed to stay there until <laughs> I come. But, um, but he's getting So, But it's a training. It's repetitive. It's, oh, It's being consistent, which I'm not so great at. But a reset can happen at any moment. It doesn't have to be, well, let me just wait for the right time, or I'll just wait until dinner, and then we'll clear everything up. No. Stop right then. Just stop. And they will appreciate that. And they will learn that. And they will learn to give grace to their own kids because they were modeled that. And if you weren't modeled that, which I was not, don't use that as an excuse because we we have it. Okay? Might take us a little longer to fully grasp it. Okay? But it's there for us and we have the helper to teach us. So also know that in um, your family have a common, common mission. You are a family. You have a, um, a goal that you all want to work towards together, and that is to be a seeker of truth and to be sanctified daily into the image of Christ. That is what we want daily because that's what brings us joy. All right, so I was really encouraged today because, well, I mean, I, I know this kind of lends itself to these scriptures, but I'm going to read this again, and it was just kind, of, it was just confirmed to me, like I like this is what I was being led to say. So I did, I want to read Genesis two. Eighteen. Okay. Then the Lord God said, "It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him." Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to to the man to see what he would call them, and whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, Marriage is a divine ordinance. It was part of God's original intention. When he made man, it is not merely a human arrangement. It's it's something, something that just sprang up. It's God ordained. It's not a convenience along the history of the ages, it was not devised by an earthly lawgiver. It is not a custom into which men fall into in the early days. The stamp of divine intention and ordination is upon it. As a relationship, it is the closest and most sacred on earth. After marriage, a husband's first and highest duties are to his wife and a wife's to her husband. Every other interest is then secondary to the home interest. And that is out of a book called Homemaking by J.R. Miller. And what was particularly weighing on my heart is, yes, we need to have that foundation in Christ to experience joy. But if we do not have a loving relationship with our spouse, mm-hmm. we are not going to have a joyful home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we take our spouses for granted and we live in a culture today that just beats our men down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we need to be an encouragement to, to him and a helper to him to seek the things that he desires and, and give those things to him. Not in, a, in, in any kind of selfish or contemptive way or expecting anything in return. Your home is your sanctuary. It's a place of rest, and it should be a place of rest for him. And we get to create that. Boy, do I fail at that. We can be so busy in our homeschooling day. I can be a bit, I work part-time. Um, I can, it just, life is busy. I'm tired. Sometimes I'm tired of thinking of one more meal I'm going to cook. gift that we get to do it mm-hmm. and we need to remind ourselves that work is a good thing it, it, it's, it is tedious but it's a good thing work was before the fall it wasn't a result of the fall and we should embrace that work and embrace the work of our home and embrace all of the duties that go with it with joy and when we seek and pursue the joy giver And we're joyful about all of those things. So it reciprocates itself. It's this great circle of filling and emptying and filling and emptying. Joy is not disconnected from the other fruit of the spirit. Where there is joy, there is also going to be kindness and gentleness and love and self-control. And we need to squash any fruit of the flesh that will deplete our joy. So a home filled with immorality, impurity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger will struggle to make any, any kind of level of joy. So we need to remember to keep short accounts. Anybody in here like to hold grudges? Keep short accounts, okay? If you have have something flare up, and I'm the worst for this because I I overthink everything, and then I think that my feelings aren't valid. But we need to, if we if we have an issue, we need to go and we need to clear it up. So there's because sometimes it's not even an issue; it's something we we internalized ourselves. And so if we remember to do that and not build this long list of I'm, I'm tapping on another. On <laughs> oh, there's another thing, and then we're just brewing inside because we didn't get what we want, or it wasn't the way we wanted it, or I don't know, a multitude of things from our spouse or from our kids. It could go either way. Um, then we just we need to deal with that swiftly, and we need to recognize the bitterness that's welling up and to squash it immediately. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. This is what we sh- that we need to practice saying this and doing it. Galatians five sixteen through 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. So if we are continually walking in the Spirit, we are seeking the joy giver, then this helps to eliminate the flesh, from taking us over. So um, I, I like to liken it to, are we, are we going to be in the spirit? Or are we going to be in the flesh? How do you know? It's the one you feed the most. So if you're going to feed your flesh, you're going to be in your flesh. That thing's going to grow. It's going to be a monster. If you're going to feed your spirit, that is your source of joy. All right, so this is kind of a touchy subject. But I think that it has to be dealt with. And, and, you know, are you warm or are you frigid to your husband? Because the rest of your household knows if you are or if you aren't. So, and I'm not saying a constant something, but you know how we can be, right? (laughs) So sometimes... But we need to remember that every plan and hope of each should embrace the other. And the moment that a man begins to leave his wife out of any part of his life where she has plans, hopes, pleasures, friendships, experiences from which she excludes him, it's going to be peril. And um, we are relational. and We love to be with our friends. And we just want to be with someone who's... How are you feeling? And, and those are good sometimes, but also go for your friends that'll say, you wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you wrong. You're in sin. And I appreciate that so much, to be called out when I need to be called out. Mm-hmm. So seek a friend who will do that for you. Because an excellent wife is a crown to her husband. But she who shames him is a rottenness in his bones. And we don't want to be that. That's Proverbs twelve four. So it's in her own home that this warmth of heart and this openness of hand are first to be shown. It is as a wife and mother that her gentleness performs its most sacred ministry. Her hand wipes away the teardrops when there's sorrow. In sickness, she's the tender nurse. She bears upon her own heart every burden that weighs upon her husband. No matter how the world goes with him during the day, when he enters his own door, he meets the fragrant atmosphere of love. Now, I said I wasn't going to give any caveats, but let me just give one. Okay? This is not saying he is the king of his dominion and you just lay the royal card. He needs to be a part of what is going on. I am not saying that. What I am saying is, serve your man. Serve your man. And be getting your heart ready for that someday. If, if you don't have a husband now. Or if you, if you don't ever. Because we have plenty of people to serve in this manner. And this is still a path of joy um, to create within us in serving others and in giving hospitality. Oh, faith just stepped out, but in giving hospitality in all these all these realms that we just discussed with our family, with other sisters in Christ, with the church, with strangers and the lost that we will come in contact with, we need to be practicing these things. So, one thing to today that is. You know, just so prevalent, especially in Christian circles, is this idea of toxic patriarchy. And we have, we have just flipped that around. But patriarchy is a biblical thing. It's not an abusive thing. It's not a man saying, this is how it's going to be and you're going to do this, 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 and this. It is a gentle spirit who guides his household. And you can tell if a man is doing that. Because you look at his wife, look at his children. Are they flourishing or are they floundering? And, you know, that is for um, another method of just self-evaluation. What is, what is going on in our house? And I would encourage you, then they as well need um, a mentor to come alongside them if they need help in that way. But also seeking the joy giver. Our husbands need to do that as well, and so, in in doing this, we are teaching specifically our daughters how they are to treat their husbands and to be ready for that. Um, just to be to be giving, to be serving. Um, I noticed this week, um, so. A lot of you know that Lily has recently been engaged, and so um, Braden was at the house this week. And my little girls just love serving him, and it, it's just such a delight to just see that that character is there. They they want to buy him gifts for his birthday. They they're just they're just giving, and um, and my girls do love to serve. I mean, they have plenty of things that they don't like to do, but they love serving, and especially they love babies. They love serving in the nursery. They love children, and they're really gifted in that, and I'm so very, very thankful because I didn't grow up like that. I didn't, I did not, um, my my parents' marriage was a, just a mess from the beginning, and so they finally divorced when I was Thirteen or fourteen, and my mom remarried. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I have one sister, and so I didn't grow up in a large in a large family. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home at all up until my teenage years, and then we started going to church. Um, so I didn't have have these models, and I didn't have women um, really in my life to model this. Um, my mom's mom was at least kind and hospitable. My dad's mom was just mean. She just wasn't a kind woman. Until she got dementia, she was wonderful when she got dementia. <laughs> so, but, um, but so I wasn't modeled these things, and I had to learn these things. And I didn't have, um, I love my mother, but, I mean, this tightness of family that I have now, I did not ever experience. And I'm so thankful for my girls and that we just love each other so much and we cherish every day we laugh we have fun um we cut up all the time <laughs> and um and I think you know as the key to all of this though is Christ okay you may not be a cut up like me and that's okay but that's what works for our family, and that's what keeps everything lighthearted, and somebody can say a phrase, and it just gets a song started, and we're just singing, and we're dancing, and just being silly, and so that is just what keeps the mood fun in our house, and so I even asked my son, who's already grown and married, you know, why do you want, why do you want to come back to Mama's? Well, because we eat, and we have fun, <laughs> and so he asked, He asked his wife, he said, why do you you like to go to to my mama's? She said, because we eat and laugh. Mm -hmm. So um, these are, you know, laughter is so important, Mm -hmm. so important for us. And just sharing in our everyday life, sitting at the table, having meals together um, is so important. When you can do it, um, do it, you know, purpose to do it, not just. Well, this week is really busy. I'm not going to be able to sit at the table with any with anyone because so and so's at work. And so, do what you can to make that happen as many times as possible. Because even in scripture, what the fellowship happens around the table, okay? And and when when we are at when we're in the new heaven and new earth, it's it's a feast of a table. And so we need to set that out at our in our own homes. Um. have and enjoy and uh, for everyone to partake everyone to feel a part of the table everyone to feel like they are important at the table even if they are quiet and don't want to contribute like my Maddie my Maddie doesn't like to say very much she's hilarious and she is you know she's her own unique person and we all have that we all have our our children are our children and we need to to um disciple them the way that they should be discipled through the word because we know them and we know how they operate we know what their strengths and weaknesses are and what we need to focus on what we need to help them bring their attention to to inspect i've gotten way off my notes so i don't even know where i am so let's see i think i kind of jumped over to this page before i got done with this page all right, I had something else, too, that I wanted to say. All right, so. Why are you here? Other than the fact that this was the only adult class. <laughs> <laughs> kind of got trapped. But, but seriously. Um, did you want a couple of quick tips and tricks or do you want the source of your joy because you know i can give you some quick tips and tricks but is that going to really change your life um you know i i want you to just really examine your own self and be honest with yourself we don't like to do that too often but be be honest with yourself in your relationship with your spouse and in your relationship with your kids. And, you know, self-evaluate. What do I need to do to change these things? And I'm not talking about, like, work, work, work. So don't, don't mishear me, misunderstand me. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the sin in your life that you need to change. And ask him for help in doing that. So I'd like to ask you guys, what do you consider joy in your own home? What are some things that that you all do to encourage joy or just you know have a have have a great time for your kids to love each other? I mean, my my kids love each other. And they fight. They can fight, okay? <laughs> But they love each other so much, and they love doing games with each other. In fact, when Lily got engaged, the girls' first thing was, but are we still going to have sisters fun day? Are we still going to do sisters such and such? Because they, lo- they just desire each other's company so very much. And we've intentionally cultivated that, that, are, that they're together all the time. They're not separated so much, that we do all the things that we can do together. So do you have anything to offer or questions or yes, Samantha? Um, on Friday nights, if
1: you're not on Facebook, you know. We do Friday night uh, cleaning parties because Sean works extremely crazy hours. Mm-hmm.
2: So mm-hmm. we amp up the music I mean as loud as it will go our neighbors probably hate us and we get the rags out and we start eating and we have a party and like little Nanny Ruth even has got like a little duster and she's just I should get my it which probably isn't you know appropriate but she <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we have so much fun mm-hmm. and
0: Love it. Take notes, Lil. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to start doing hey, that on Friday just nights. I the crazy
1: moms are the best moms. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Anything to offer? We do something similar, I'll say. We do family Friday nights. And usually that's the night where we, we don't do TV in our house. With those weird people that don't do electronics. Um, but on Friday nights, is the one night of the week where they get to watch what's in the bible or they get to watch super or whatever mm-hmm. um and snuggle on mom's bed and then sleep in our floor and eat pretty much too much crap most too much <laughs> dessert <laughs> is truly what happens in our house um but that's really cultivated that togetherness and that time and, you know and i think that's really important
0: We like games. We are not the cut up kind of family. We're pretty serious, That's so conscious. <laughs> but, um, but we like to play games, and so we played one just this. It's called Loot and Loaded, but anyhow, so it's like this dueling Nerf gun game. But I mean, we do love like games like that, and the boys will just like run around. I mean, we were we were laughing so hard one night. We put Libby to bed, and she woke up, and Jim forgot to lock her in. <laughs> room, just two, so we lock her in. And she came downstairs she goes, I'm gonna play too!" and it'd been like it was like five minutes till the game's almost done. So but it was crazy. So we like to play games. So. Yes I just got throw throw burrito <laughs> so, somehow missing the fact. Really gigantic on the front. This is a throwing burrito game, like it will be it's a dodgeball with burritos game. <laughs> So yeah, that was pretty cute, chaotic. So read the packaging, guys, <laughs> <laughs> or don't. <laughs> but it, it's They're been great soft fun. Soft burritos—they're not
2: hard. Yeah. yeah. We always—and um, I didn't grow up this way at all. It was really my husband's family, but we cherished the dinner time. I was very protected, and as our girls got older, we like saw how important it was to them. And we used to always do a thing, which we still do. If they eat at our house, highlight, light. Low, low, low. Their boyfriends that and they did they had to do highlight low light, and it just became a thing. Like during the day, somebody would be burdened with something. Like I'll share it at dinner during low light because they wanted their family's input, or someone would have a highlight and someone would say something about them. They'd be like, no, that's my low light. But we had a sign over, and I just I just got it from Pinterest or something. But it was over the table at our old house, and it said, the fondest memories are made when gathered around the table. So when two of our girls were in college and we sold that house, we we're moving, both of them separately mentioned, we're taking that with us, right? And I was like, it's a vinyl, but, so I ordered another one, but it had translated with them that those are some of the most, like we guarded that time that we're not going to eat it for the tea, we're not going to, we may have games to You know, it wasn't always perfect, obviously a busy life with five girls in the house, but like that was time when we came together as a family and we could share things and encourage each other and celebrate the victories and, you know, talk about the hard things. And it was just us, you know what I mean? And so that it just gave them, like when they left for college, I realized that that was something, I don't think I realized how important it was until then. Like that was something they really cherished. We did, i have a family growing up, but my husband grew up in the basically the 1950s, you know, mom at home dinner right night around the table. And so it was, Something we did that was just as crazy as life could be, whatever season you were in, whatever decade you were. In, we could protect that little bit of coming together time, and it it's a joyful memory, you know. It's
1: something super simple, and I have a two-year-old and five-year-old, so it's super messy and equal parts dangerous. So. <laughs>
0: Well, let them crack the eggs and then put on their bathing suits and do the dishes, right? <laughs> I think for us, it's homework time. Which okay. I think would be probably the arguably the most stressful time, but I really overall enjoy that time and then getting to watch them when I'm busy, being like, hey, can you help your brother read that because he can't quite get there. Watching them show each other the same level of patience and kindness. It, just, it, really, it really fills me up and provides me a lot of joy of watching and being able to participate. Like, oh, Anybody okay. I I else
2: keyed in on homework time, <laughs> chore time, dinner time, yeah. game time, breakfast time, you know. I think something for me and my girls too, we don't do game night or movie night because
0: they're just small. Um, but just like Watching For Seth to come home, and like it's a buildup of our day. It's like daddy's almost home. When daddy gets home, we do this. And then for him, too, like just to walk through the door and like see them waiting in the driveway or something, like it brings him joy and it just mm-hmm. kind of sets the tone. Like We stop our tours and like we don't like, we waiting for tone. him. And then, yeah, it's exciting and it's fun. Mm-hmm. We do a quickie cleanup at four o'clock, and sometimes it can be a great tone, sometimes it's not a great tone. So, but it is in preparation for daddy coming home um, and um and so the girls have gotten used to to doing that um, but yes, I agree that um, you know they need to anticipate their dad coming home and knowing that that is a service we're providing for him to walk into a somewhat straightened up house at least for the next hour <laughs> um, and that we've you know we've vacuumed and swept the floors and cleared the table and all of those kinds of things. So we try to make sure we do that every day. Some days it doesn't happen, but there are dishes in my sink currently. So. <laughs> but we all are just trying to do this thing called life, and it, it is tough. And so I encourage you, if, um, if you are a mom who feels like you can speak into another mom's life who's struggling, to do that. Um, we want to create an atmosphere here at Berean of mentorship, and we want godly women to speak into other women's lives in the church, and we want to be a help to you. Um, so, if you're not comfortable going to a specific person, maybe that you think could encourage you, you can you could go see Faith or Jan or Bonnie, anybody who's on the steering team um, or a pastor, and. And say, you know, I'm really struggling here. Do you know someone who could help me with this area? Because, listen, I know, I, I know, there's, you know, we've all got stuff going on in our lives. You know, no marriage is perfect. No, you've got trouble with your older kids, and I mean, just think, Life happens, and, um, you know, it, it doesn't all turn out perfectly. Um, we do, th- we do what we can to teach our children, and to, and teach them to the word the word that is our job to grow them to disciple them god does the saving and we need to trust in that and trust that <coughs> all of this was not was not for not is that right <laughs> that um that it was a good work and and that it will it will come into fruition when the time is right for that particular child. Do You have any other questions for me, or did I? Did I is, is there something I didn't talk about that you wished I had said, or that I had said it better? <laughs> I do much better in a small group of people.
1: Thank
0: you. So come see me if you want to chat. <laughs>